Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Capillary's loyalty solutions offer AI-powered, next-generational technology, making them a catalyst for enabling meaningful human connections across the globe. The platform is deep and wide, yet flexible enough to meet the needs of any company looking to take its customer loyalty to new heights. Visit capillarytech.com now to see how they can transform your loyalty future. Hello and welcome to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty, featuring a truly global voice of loyalty. Mayank Singh is the Chief Digital Officer of Domino's Pizza in Indonesia, a brand that has been winning awards all over the world in recent months. As they share their incredible strategies to create customer loyalty using customer analytics and data-led insights. Domino's is very much a challenger brand in Indonesia, in a country that doesn't traditionally even eat pizza. So it was really inspiring to hear how Mayank and his team are achieving such dramatic behavior change and incremental return on their investments using the power of digital technology. For a true masterclass in loyalty marketing, please do enjoy my conversation with Mayank Singh from Domino's in Indonesia. And as always, if you want to ask any questions or comment on this episode, just look for the feedback link in the show notes. So, Mayank Singh, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thanks, Paula. And hello and namaste to all the listeners of Let's Talk Loyalty and to the fans of Paula Thomas. Um, uh, It's very, very special to be part of your show and I look forward to an interesting conversations with you. Thank you so much, Mayank. It's the first time anybody has welcomed me with a namaste. And having spent a little bit of time in one of the islands of Indonesia a couple of years ago, I know how special that word is in the culture. So uh, very beautiful and well-received. So I am super excited to talk about Domino's in Indonesia, Mayank. You have done so much award-winning work. It's almost hard to know where to start. But let's start with our usual opening question in terms of understanding, I guess, as a loyalty professional, Mayank, what would be your favorite loyalty program other than your own work? Paula, my belief is that there's no, no one solution of loyalty that can be implemented or can be someone can be fan of because the loyalty differentiate from country to country. One solution in one country cannot be the same and similarly executed in any other country. Yeah. So you have to understand the demographic of the country. But having said that, if I have to choose one, yes. I'm a big fan of Starbucks loyalty program because that's one program if you see from Tom to uh, to any country, they have similarly been activated and it has been running successfully and doing wonders for them. Mm. So coming from a food industry, food retail and looking at Starbucks and their loyalty program, that makes everyone actually a fan of Starbucks loyalty program. 
for sure. And you're clearly not the first person, Mayank, to say that Starbucks Rewards is their favourite. Um, we haven't actually had them on the show here yet. So a quick shout out if anybody's listening from Starbucks and wants to join us to share the global success, we would obviously be thrilled. But I think the point you're making, Mayank, is absolutely right, because I did an interview yesterday with somebody from Brazil and he said exactly the same. He said Starbucks in Brazil has done an exceptional job. And even before he was working in loyalty, he would be bringing all his colleagues down so they'd get their stars and they'd be using the prepayment and everything that Starbucks does so exceptionally well. So there's a lot of parallels, I guess, in terms of what we're going to talk about today with Domino's as a global brand. So let's get into it. You have a super interesting title of Chief Digital Officer. And I know that Domino's actually has a huge amount of work to do in a country like Indonesia, where actually pizza is not a normal food choice or a popular food choice. So would you set the context for us, Mayank? I was amazed when you explain to me some of the um, the usage and frequency that you're trying to work with. So tell us a bit about the market. So Domino's, I'll talk about the Indonesian market first. The Indonesian market is a very interesting market. Um, the, the, the food which people love here is nasi ayam. Mm-hmm. Nasi ayam is, is uh, that's what they call in Bahasa, which is the language spoken in Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, in English version of nasi ayam is chicken and rice. Okay. So nasi is rice and chicken is ayam. So so that's <laughs> the favorite food, uh, which is very popular here. Most of the QSRs have actually adopted to yeah. start selling the fried chicken and rice uh, to the to these uh, to the audiences uh, to to the to their customers into mm. their food menu. Of course. Uh, so you, you name Burger King, you name McDonald's. They have that on their menu. Okay. Uh, which is what makes the Indonesia different uh, from a food perspective. Yeah. Uh, Domino's uh, Indonesia is is a newer brand, if I would have to say, because we are just 13 years old in this market. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing, still small. We are currently 222 stores. Recently reached this milestone few days back only. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. So, and we have been growing very fast from 2019 when 2018 when I joined, we were 125 stores. So since then, we have been adding stores, including yeah. this whole time when there was pandemic, uh, and and Domino's had a good growth yeah. uh, with respect to opening stores. Mm. So uh, for, that's one. The other is uh, Domino's when it comes to the pizza eating. So uh, the frequency is not like a frequency you would see in Europe, Australia, or or US itself. Uh, We sit at a very low frequency of 1.8 to 2 as an average frequency of a customer in a year. Uh, which is what makes it special for me because it's a challenge that you wow. you have to work with, uh, and that takes to a mix one of the important point also here, which uh, that's my task yeah. is to how to convert the single frequency customer into a multi frequency customer, uh, yeah. which is someone who tasted once, then how to make sure that they keep tasting again, and that's where the loyalty kicks in. Yeah. So so that is what is making the whole dynamics of this country special to Domino's Pizza Indonesia yeah. and that's what we have been working on for the last few years uh, to ensure how can we change this, increase the frequency, make the company grow and mm. make revenue for the for our board and shareholders. 
Yes. Well, I mean, 222 stores, just to put it in context, and forgive me, I had to look up Wikipedia to get a better sense of the scale of Indonesia. And just with so many people listening, Mayank, in the US, for example, in the UK, in Australia, you know, it's remarkable to me that Indonesia is actually the fourth biggest country in the world with a population of 276 million people. So, you know, the scale is extraordinary. So to be growing as quickly as you guys are, um, first of all, the footprint, but also that frequency piece that we're going to talk about now. I mean, the scale of the challenge, I mean, must be exhilarating to you because uh, you wouldn't take on something so big, I guess, unless you really like to challenge. Yeah, of course. And the challenge doesn't stop with the frequency. The challenge stops with the islands. <laughs> you forgot to mention the number of islands that this Correct. country has. Tell us. Uh, yes, which, I wrote it down and I didn't mention. Yeah. Tell us how many islands there are. There are around, uh, I think, 17,000 islands. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and that's, so the, the biggest island is actually Sumatra and Papua. Uh-huh. But the biggest island with the highest population is Java. That's where I'm sitting right now. Okay. Jakarta is the capital. I'm talking to you from a capital city of Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, and Java Island is having the highest population. Yeah. And culturally, the island to island, uh, the the language is same, which is their mm-hmm. inter- their national language, Bahasa. But there is a slight difference in the variation in this the way it's spoken in all the other other li- islands. Yeah. Uh, in, and and that makes us uh, makes us interesting in terms of Domino's perspective is the ex- to expand as you said, two hundred seventy million is the population. Yeah. Uh, so the expansion is the key, and and we have been expanding to all the newer islands, newer places. Yeah. And I've been loving Indonesia. I've been been here as an expert, but also been enjoying as a tourist. So okay. explored, I think, most part of it. Yet there are many islands yet uh, unexplored. And yeah. I'll be looking forward to it, how long I stay in here. I'm sure you will, my goodness. So since 2018, then, Mayank, uh, you arrived into this clearly very ambitious brand. And I'd love you actually to explain a bit about how Domino sees itself, in fact, just because I think there's a very interesting positioning statement, which will really support the conversation we're going to have about the, the various initiatives you've taken as chief digital officer. So rather than being seen as a pizza company, will you maybe tell us exactly how Domino's positions itself globally. So Domino's positions, if I have to tell you frankly, it, it reminds me of statement of uh, uh, Patrick Royal, who was an ex CEO of Domino's US. Yeah, uh, he once stated that uh, Domino's is a technology company selling pizzas. Yeah, uh, and that's what the core belief of Domino's is there in every market. So we think technology and we ensure how the technology is going to enable to ensure that we deliver the tastiest pizza to the customer at their doorstep, which is hot, fresh, and the cust- make, making those customers delighted yeah. with the experience that Downers is going to give to them. <laughs> now, this experiences comes through digital and through the brand experience that we actually provide. Yeah. Uh, one of the things which globally Domino's is known for is the 30 minutes guarantee. Yes. Uh, which is if we don't reach to your doorstep in 30 minutes, the pizza is free. So, yeah. <laughs> so the, that's that's the program everyone would know uh, when it comes to Domino's. I've, I was in India. I remember those those movies, those memes that used to come out and which yeah. used to state 
the the medicines comes late the, but the, uh, or the ambulance comes late but the pizza comes in 30 <laughs> minutes <laughs> so, and that's where the dominoes yeah. has positioned themselves wow. uh, with respect to indonesia the situation the our effort has been same which is ensuring that we deliver in 30 minutes yeah uh, we do have a 30 minutes guarantee in indonesia as well yeah uh, on the top of that uh, as a brand we we portray ourselves as a value brand which is uh, which okay. we play into the area where we define that uh, while you are having or purchasing a pizzas from Domino's, yeah. it's the value which is which is given back to you. The value in terms of the money you are spending, the value yeah. in terms of the taste that you are getting. Yeah. So that's that's the key position that we would want to hold, and we ensure that we keep yeah. uh, uh, utilizing it. Yeah. yeah, And and I think I said to you, Mayank, last time that I wrote quite a number of articles a few years ago about Domino's specifically. Um, and we'll make sure to link to those in the show notes. But for me, what I think Domino's has done right globally, and this is my first time, of course, learning about the Indonesian experience. But the first thing I think that Domino's did was get the basics right. So I know many years ago, I think it was maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago, you know, maybe Domino's pizza wasn't as good as other competitors. So there was a huge campaign about getting the the product to taste absolutely delicious before, I suppose, the ultimate distribution came in and and the delivery guarantees that you've talked about. So when I think about loyalty, I love to see that the, the the company really understands that you can't build a loyalty program, even with the level of expertise and analytics and everything we're going to talk about now, unless the product is delicious. So, um, so I thought that was very brave. I know there was a huge campaign to say, look, we know we have work to do. And that was very admirable. So moving on from that, the other things that I remember, again, was the fact that Domino's is a technology company. And when we think about e-commerce specifically, um, you know, we think about brands like Amazon. But even at that time, Domino's was in the top five e-commerce brands in the United States. And I also remember all these statistics. It was so exciting. 15 different ways to order. So just incredible. So I'm very envious of your role. So tell us some of the initiatives that you've been working on, Mayank, over the last four or five years. I'll, I'll give you a different story. So I come from India, uh, where uh, in India also I was part of Domino's Pizza India. Okay. Okay. And, uh, back then in 2012, my tenure was from 2012 to 2016 yeah. in Domino's India. And I'm someone who's known for setting up the first hyper local D2C uh, e-commerce business in food space, which was Domino's Pizza's digital commerce business. Wow. Wherein we started with the e-commerce website, then moved on to mobile apps and and even ended up with launching of voice ordering platform. Uh, wow. <laughs> Super so, cool. So, yeah. So that that was the that was a key learning ground. I think I, I it it was a Sholin school of shocker for me. Uh, so so, so totally. where I was learning all this uh, stuff about Domino's, uh, came back, uh, uh, went to multiple companies. There then later on uh, was part of a media company and then came to Domino's Pizza Indonesia. Yeah. Uh, now this Domino's Pizza Indonesia, I joined uh, to take care of two different vertical. One is the marketing bit, uh, which is the data-driven marketing, loyalty, and 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 the things, the, and the data insights, uh, including the customer service and analytics. And the other is the IT infra part, which is building the technologies 
finding the new channels that you uh, you are asking for yeah so, so so the growth has been with so our motto has been to grow from wherever it is possible so finding out newer avenues is one of my role uh, when it comes to the finding newer avenues it's it starts with the partnerships as, as well as starting with the building our own channels so mm-hmm. when it comes to building our own channel, we already have our e-commerce website, e-commerce mobile site, which is a PWA, uh, Progressive Web App Application. Okay. Then we have an Android application, iOS application, mm. uh, which is, uh, but the market is very, uh, I would say a mobile centric market. It's a mobile first market, if I have okay. to be very precise, yeah. because uh, almost 97% of my transaction comes through the app and not through the website. It's just 3%. Wow. Which makes it more uh, mobile centric market, and that's been the re- the reason being because how the Indonesia first interacted with the internet, unlike yeah. the West, where it started with a desktop, then we moved to laptop, and then the mobile came in. Yeah. Uh, Indonesia was a market where most of the users first time they saw the internet was on mobile, and wow. that's how they adapted themselves to to the use of mobile and mobile apps. Okay. Other than that, uh, the WhatsApp is itself is very big in here. Uh, when you talk about calling to people or chatting with them, yeah. WhatsApp is the is is one app everyone uses. Yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, today while I was coming for the back to home to to be part of this podcast, mm. one of my friend was trying to reach me out, and the network was not there. Okay, the internet network. And then uh, he me- he pinged me, and suddenly I saw the message, and I called him back. Uh, and he was saying that your ne- your network was not reachable. I said the network of internet was not there, but the main the telecom network was there. Why didn't you use the normal lines? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To, to call me up, and he said, <laughs> "Oh yeah, I just forgot it. <laughs> so, forgot about the network. Oh my god." Yeah. So so the the this the internet is so heavily used that people have forgot using the those traditional way of calling through the phone lines. Wow. Uh, to to contact users, and you, if I want to call someone, I'll always go to the WhatsApp and call. So, 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 which makes it very special, and that that made even us launch uh, WhatsApp ordering bot uh, in this market. Especially when this pandemic thing happened, everyone was getting digitalized. People were spending more times on the internet, especially on these apps. Yeah. So we launched uh, 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 WhatsApp ordering bot, which is the first in QSR in Indonesia to do so. Wow. So today we have a WhatsApp ordering bot. We are getting not. I would not say large amount of orders but we are getting a good number of orders through this okay. channel and and it's a start yeah. uh, the the idea is to keep building it keep enhancing it keep improvising it to to let it grow mm-hmm. because uh, the conversational ca- uh, commerce is the new jargon which is being talked about totally uh, yeah so the, the, the so that's in the direction of Domino's being a technology company. Yes. Other than that, uh, this partnership. Uh, so we have the aggregator partnerships also. We are uh, fully integrated with them so that they, when they try, when anyone uses their application, the order flows directly into the kitchens of Domino's so that we ensure the the 30 minutes guarantee that we are offering. Wow. However, the guarantee is not there on those yeah. channels if you order because it's only for the dominoes because dominoes believes and we are proud of their own channels and that's where we focus on but in case you as a customer choose any other channel yeah we ensure that we in those channels also we deliver the same services to the customer and the dominoes driver goes and does the delivery 
mm. which is where where the technology role comes into the play that someone selecting any other channel it should go directly into the kitchen without a use of human intervention putting yeah. the order into the POS it yeah. goes directly to the kitchen make line and and the guy would start preparing the order so that's the other other and then there are partnerships which we do with the banks with e-commerce companies to ensure that the the coupons uh, are widely available okay. <laughs> uh, which uh, which you, you can see on those e-commerce platforms so you can buy the coupons or the partnership uh, companies giving it for free when you buy something so those yeah. kind of collaboration is that something which we have been working on to ensure that we don't yeah. leave any stone unturned when it comes to reach to a cust- reach to the customer uh, uh so so th- those has been the stuff which we have been doing yeah uh, in terms of uh, expanding um, recent uh, story that i would want to highlight is is the recent stuff which we did when the pandemic hits in and and the the migration of people was happening more towards the digital okay. and the adoption was much faster on the super apps mm-hmm. uh, so being uh, onto the Domino's side of the business, our uh, KPI is to ensure that people are more loyal to us and uses our platform. Yeah. So at the same point, uh, you have to fight with these uh, partners. Yeah. I, I would call them a partner. They are my competitor as well as, as, well as the collaborator. Yeah. Uh, collaborators so 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 how to differentiate becomes the key now to do that what we did was we started uh, studying our customer their behaviors and how much the, the channels they are using whereas okay. we have uh, a channel which is the carry out which is being heavily used in this market the dominus indonesia the indonesia market is very different from the other market where people either do the delivery or do the dining but mm. here people do love to do carry out, which is come and pick up at the store and go home and eat and consume the food, mm. which is where we realize that uh, if we can offer them uh, a better way to do a transaction with us. Mm. So we had to do tweaks and changes into the way our app is. Uh, my current app offers them three page checkout, which is to ensure that they don't spend much time on the app. Uh, at the same time, they can order a carryout order through the app. Mm-hmm. And when they do the carryout order, they we are offering them a two minutes guarantee for the pickup. Now, this is something which sounds Amazing. very insane. Yeah. yeah. yeah but uh, we are the <laughs> first one to do in the Asian market. Uh, we are trying to put more marketing behind it to promote it yeah uh, um, so it, how it works is that if you have you you are on the way to collect the pizza yeah. so you just need to start from your office place your order mm-hmm. as soon as with the, you are within the 100 meter range of the store you just need to do a check-in into into the app to uh, if you are using the car Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can inform your car number. The the guy from the store will come out and give you the pizza wow. into your car. So you don't need to go inside the car, which yeah. is one kind of experience that we are offering. The other is which uh, which one can say as a car side delivery. The other is that uh, you can just do a QR code scan at the store, which is another kind of check-in. The store mm-hmm. will immediately know that you are here to pick up at the store mm-hmm. without you telling to the store that I am here. The store guy would know your availability and he will immediately give you your order. And if it's not happening within two minutes, that is where you will get a free pizza. <laughs> wow. So, 
So we have been running this uh, from last three months. Uh, we are focusing it to make it grow. To the idea was to digitalize our carryout customer who have been interacting with us uh, through this channel. Yeah. So and and if we are able to capitalize the carryout customer on onto a digital platform, the second order could be a delivery. Is where the focus is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can totally imagine the wow factor, Mayank, in terms of, you know, if I am the type of customer who wants to come to a Domino's store, get my pizza within two minutes without even having to read out an, an order number. So it's automatically handed to me within two minutes. I think that wow factor must be just incredibly powerful to drive the advocacy. And you talked about, I mean, the average consumption being so tiny, 1.8 to 2 a year. So immediately I can see why you're focusing on such an incredible experience to drive the overall consumption, you know, year by year. Yeah. And and it's like a queue buster, if I have yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. Pe- everyone is standing in queue and suddenly some person comes in and yeah. someone is giving up the pizza to them. So uh, the experience is wow. And not just for the customer who is receiving it, but also for the customer who is standing in the queue and watching what this guy is experiencing. <laughs> totally. So that, makes, that yeah. makes a whole lot of difference. Yeah. It'll be interesting to me how you measure that. Um, and I don't know whether it's in absolute numbers, Mayank, in terms of the kind of KPIs or adoption that you have set yourself, you know, for particularly this two minute carry out unique selling point that you've created. So what does success look like? Is it converting existing customers into using that? And as you said, digitizing the carry out? Or are you measuring things like advocacy? What what does success look like for you? So, so far, the growth has been slow. Initially, we were not very pushy when it comes to the marketing part of it because we were we wanted to ensure that the operational KPIs are intact. Very Otherwise, wise. I would have ended yeah. up giving free pizzas. <laughs> so so yeah. that's, that becomes one KPI to measure, which we measure on a weekly basis to see how many free pizzas are being given. Okay. Uh, to, to those uh, customers, and and I'm happy to state that uh, from last one month we have been observing, and there are no free pizzas which we which is wow. which offered to the customer. So a good job done by the operation team on that front. Now yeah. coming back to the adoption, uh, so this is a slow and steady process. I cannot say a success will happen very soon or or Over very time. late. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's the strategies that uh, we are focusing on. How we are going, going to adopt the, these customers? Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, so, so, how are we going to reach out to these customers? I'm not doing an aggressive marketing campaign when it uh, reaching out uh, to these customers over the top. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, over the top marketing. What what we are uh, trying to do here is that we are doing a very targeted marketing for these customers. So, anyone who is around two kilometers zone of the store. That's the customer who is more likely to be visiting the store. And that's where we are offering them two minutes guarantee ads through these social media platforms, uh, even the Google uh, search uh, ads. And that's where we are measuring the success of the, the ad spends versus the conversion that is happening, uh, which is which is in line to the KPIs that we wanted to achieve. Okay. Uh, so, so that's that's working. Um, uh, there are there are users who have increased. So, if I have to see from a perspective of the mix that I have in terms of the delivery and the carry out on my online ordering business, yeah, so that has increased. So, the carry out what used to be earlier is is higher than what is 
it is now. There okay. are times users have adopted to this carrier side of the business, but they are not doing a check-in because uh, mm. they 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 just see the order is there, so they will just pick it Got up. It. Okay. Uh, but wherever there is a queue busting happening, uh, mm. uh, queues are happening. That's where they will end up uh, using yeah. this method and yeah. and delighted by the experience. Yeah, and it goes back to the same point we talked about, Mayank, in terms of getting the basics right for loyalty. So it's nothing got to do necessarily with coupons or points or anything technical. It's purely operational. You're delighting them, creating that moment of magic. And then, of course, the advocacy and the loyalty builds over time. So I was really intrigued. You mentioned that um, social media um, in terms of obviously your overall marketing strategy, because, you know, it is such a huge country um, to find people who will love the Domino's product um, and be responsive. And and I suppose to to find people who will eat it on a frequent enough basis, I guess, is, is your core objective. So will you tell us a bit about um, that particular program and the segmentation approach you've taken? Because I know you want Won an incredible award with the International Loyalty Awards this year in London. I was there um, and celebrating when uh, when Domino's won this incredible one. So tell us a bit about that entire initiative. This year has been raining awards for us, actually. <laughs> That's true, actually. Uh, I should have mentioned the other five. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, so there, I, in fact, this week, uh, Monday, we started with an award from Branch for the Mobile Growth Award, again, for using okay. best use of first-party data. Okay. The second on, was on Tuesday. We won the Marketing Excellence Award for for excellence in data marketing okay. and uh, insights. So, wow. So, Congratulations. I'm super proud of my team at this moment, uh, especially the partners that we work with, yes. uh, which is, which makes it all special when it comes to when you see these awards as an outcome of the kind of work that we have been doing. Yes. So now, coming back to the case study, so so this uh, this case study has been, uh, and I'll start with the same problem which I was uh, telling you initially is the frequency of the customer and the way they consume. Uh, pizza and trade the pizza uh, into their uh, palate when it comes to consuming it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, from the kind of offering this country has and what their actual taste palate is and the likeness of the food is. So mm-hmm. we sit at a very high number of uh, single frequency use customers. Yeah. Uh, so the key, key important case for us becomes is, is that we have a lot of customer data coming in. Uh, there are a high number of single frequency customers who who are there. Yeah. Uh, the as a as a company, the uh, the best thing we should start utilizing is to see how these customers who have interacted with us uh, for the one time, mm-hmm. how can we convert them from one time to a say to a two time two timer or a two timer to a three timer. Yeah. that's where we we came up uh, with this whole program. Now this whole program has multiple phases to it. I which is one is then when someone talks about loyalty or a loyalty program, yeah. most of the retail company, they talk about a loyalty program because their first objective is to get the data of the customer. Yeah. As soon as you start the loyalty program, you you would start getting at least the customer identity into your system. That's where you will be able to recognize that what has been his likeness, what he has been consuming and and how you are going to then communicate in future. Mm. Domino's has, has a pretty 
ease on that part because we are into our delivery business. Most of the time, the consumer interact with us is is with our phone number because yeah. he has to receive the delivery. Yeah. So that's where we uh, we ensure that whenever there is an order into the system, it should be with a uh, customer details so that we can offer mm. them a better uh, service uh, when dealing with them in the future. So that's mm-hmm. where it starts with. So which is the first part. So we call it as a 3D framework into our system. Okay. Which is the first D is about the data collection. Uh, mm-hmm. So collecting the data is behavioral data, is consumption data, the kind of products he has been consuming. Then the other D comes, which is the data segmentation. Mm-hmm. That's where we we sit and try to segment these customers into multiple buckets. Mm-hmm. Uh, tra- tracks is what we call it, which is now these tracks are built and we keep improvising on these tracks to understand and segment this customer into multiple pockets so that we can reach out with a better con- communication in future. Mm. Now these tracks are built, one is the simple track that we everyone uses is the RFM model, recency yeah. frequency modulation. We, we went little ahead on that front is uh, we started to use the machine learning algorithms uh, to figure out these customers into a, a more better segments which is more towards the the behavior for example the tickets in which category categorization of these tickets they are mm-hmm. what kind of the offer they have been consuming what kind of the pizzas likeliness they have okay. what are the the side products they are consuming and then we we use these pro, these all data into the system to then segregate using an algorithm mm. to dif- make them a differentiated categorization of these customers mm-hmm. and hence we got to know the high number of tracks to segment these users other than the regular rfms yeah so which is where the data segmentation happened and the last d is the day is the data utilization <laughs> so now the data utilization is is the key area where we use this data into multiple ways so segmentation has already happened yeah now the first when, when it comes to the data utilization there we follow another framework which we call it 3e framework okay now the 3e framework is all about uh, the first e is about expansion so i am i was talking about dominus indonesia and its growth story about how we have been increasing and adding more stores yeah so adding store is 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 something which you um, the old traditional way of adding stories that you will go and look around into the market. You will see how much has been the footfall, what mm. is the general audience, the how are the people around, and and is there a competitor? What has been the competitor footfall? And that's where the people used to take a decision in a retail business. Yeah, we said. We are a tech-based company. We are a data-driven company. So let's go one step ahead. And that's where we we came up with a, a store predictor model. Now, mm-hmm. what this store predictor model does is that it uses the, the data which is available for that particular spot. So suppose there is a spot which has been identified the business development team that uh, this is where we should be opening a store. Mm-hmm. Now, the cost of the store and every other related cost versus the the data which has been collected uh, and there are sources which from where the data is available that who are the competitors nearby what is the general uh, audiences around what is the income level mm. uh, and and then what kind of the male female uh, uh, genders are available and those kind of data is, gets there and fitted into the system this store predictor model then mm. we use a surrogate store now this surrogate store, what it does is that, uh, which is a similar looking store somewhere, uh, which is already running. 
And then we use that surrogate store as a model sales data and try to uh, then put it into the store predictor model and predict what would be the 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 revenue of this pro, this store in future? Okay. How what would be the payback time, and how how soon wow. can we expect a payback from the store? And if it is within the zone, that's where yeah. a decision is made to open the store. <laughs> wow! Now, so, which ensures that whatever the store we are opening, they yeah. are going to be profitable to us. So, yes. so, so, so that has been the growth strategy, and that's how we use this data in terms of the expansion. My the other is, uh, the e is about building efficiency. Of course, there is a data which is captured from an operational point of view, yeah, and and see where are the lags. And how can we use to make it those systems, those SOPs more efficient and whether there is a use of uh, technology that has to come and make a play so mm. that you can reduce your operational cost uh, and, and be more effective in terms of delivering the tastiest pieces to your consumer. So which is which comes about, talks about the use of platforms like uh, the the. Uh, because Domino's operates in in a territorial model, so there are trade zones which we operate in yeah. to ensure that we do a thirty minutes guarantee. So there is a trade zone between which uh, every Domino's outlet would operate, mm. and now to have those trade zones and managing it increasing and decreasing over that period of time because your road mm. infra keeps changing, your traffic situation keeps changing over a period of years. So that's where we have a collaboration with Google Maps as well as a company partner, which helps us create those maps. There's a yeah. case study about this also on Google, which is okay. available. Amazing. <laughs> Domino's yes. has been using Google Maps for their expansion strategy and making building efficiency. Great. Uh, wow. And we'll get that from e you as well. Yeah. We'll just make sure to share that, Mayank. That sounds like the kind of thing that we should all be reading, maybe. Yeah, sure. I'll, say, I'll share. It's a blog and a case study uh, published by Google itself. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, on Domino's Pizza Indonesia. Okay. And the last E is... Uh, is about the marketing, which is enhancing. Mm -hmm. So enhancing the marketing abilities. So when it comes to the marketing ability, the first I will start with the, the E of expansion. So yeah. whenever we are opening a newer store, uh, you have to acquire newer customer. You have to make a reach out. Mm. That's where the what we do is, again, those surrogate stores, their customer data is with us. We try to find out lookalike customers of the same uh, audiences and try to acquire them in mm -hmm. the specific area where we are opening the store, mm -hmm. which makes our job more target oriented. So mm -hmm. we are not shooting in the dark. Yeah. We are only reaching out to the customer who are more probable to be a Domino's customer. So that's the that's how uh, a new store opening marketing campaigns goes on. <laughs> so to ensure that we are cost effective and yeah. it is enhancing our market. Uh, then the the other is where this this single frequency and and uh, two multi frequency conversion and ensuring we get an incremental ROI. Mm -hmm. That's where we have a big CLM program in place. Mm -hmm. Now the so so all the segmentation that we have done uh, mm -hmm. it translates into track mm -hmm. and bases their recencies into the system. They are mm -hmm. being targeted on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Now targeting them onto a daily basis is is uh, there are a certain set of users who are part of that track and the segment on a given day. Okay. Uh, coming from an Indonesian market where the cost of communication is so expensive that if I have to send an SMS or WhatsApp, yeah. it's, it, it's 
500 IDR, which is roughly like three cents. Uh, say if I have to do a dollar conversion, which mm. is expensive if I have to send it to all to every day. So, so yeah. I would yeah. be leading money and which is not a right proposition. So that's where we use a propensity model to predict uh, who are the users who are having the highest tendency to place an order on a given day. Mm. A selection is made on a top 10 decile and that's where they are being targeted. Mm. So these, so on a daily basis, uh, there are around uh, 15 to 20 tracks. And then when those are converted into multiple uh, uh these uh, uh their recency into the system mm-hmm. it translate into actually a 1500 kind of tracks into the system on wow. which a daily uh, communication is being sent and okay. now these communication are being sent with respect to the the communications uh, of promos mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that they do uh, place an order with us so okay. propensity model is uh, so this predictor uh, propensity model is working to ensure that we are reaching out to the right customer when we are doing uh, uh, expensive uh, communication, which is in form of SMS and WhatsApp. We have actually left, uh, we're not doing any of the SMS these days. We, As I was informing you, the WhatsApp is so big. Yeah. So, so switching from SMS to WhatsApp is, was the, it makes more sense. And that's uh, where they, uh, we have switched from the, uh, the SMS because the response rate was higher. Yeah. And as soon as the response rate is higher, you you would see that your communication cost is actually lowering down because your response rate is getting higher compared to an SMS. Yeah. So that's where we try to uh, to get to optimize the cost uh, onto the reaching of the customer. And then we keep tracking these customers onto a control group mm-hmm. uh, to see that what has been the control group performance and then it's being measured in terms of the incremental revenue that has been generated. And yeah. incremental ROI becomes actually the target for as an KPI for my team and my partners and that's where they are measured on so they're not measured on what has been the response rate what has <laughs> been the ROI generated well, yeah. the, in, uh, the revenue generated, what has been the RO, incremental ROI is one big measurement that we look into it. If yeah. that is aligned, then the other matrices are being seen. Yeah. If that's not aligned, then, then the question is that what went wrong? So it's an ongoing process where we have to keep optimizing each track. We have to see which track is working, not working. Is the promo not working? Yeah. Or is it something else that needs to be tweaked? Or is the, is the, the algorithm that we are using, it requires certain changes to ensure that the the selection of the users who are being targeted or communicated Mm. is more precise and and the selection is made which is actually going to place an order yeah Uh, so so that has been the story of this case study which uh, which which was published uh, along with capillary our partner yes Uh, and and it has been winning awards and i'm happy that uh, (laughs) uh, our team has been doing a very tremendous incremental job I was just about to say it would be remiss of us if we didn't say thank you to the guys in Capillary for introducing us to you. Um, They are clearly doing an extraordinary job. And I was thinking of asking you, you know, why did you choose them as your technology partner for this project? But I think the fact that you've given them such an incredible target in terms of incremental ROI and they've been delivering on that. I mean, that, that sounds like that must be the reason, is it? 
I think they are they they are more like me. So okay. so I love challenges. They also looked forward for a challenge to Aww. work with me. Yeah, and and challenge the KPIs that we want to want them to achieve. Yeah. Uh, so, so it has been a very good journey with them working for the last three years with them. Yeah. Uh, there there has been the learnings on both the sides. Uh, they learning from us. I learning from them. Totally. Uh, so so super happy so far. Uh, and, a great partnership. For, but, yeah. But this these awards are making actually their job more tougher because now <laughs> to win another award it has to be yeah. <laughs> better than yeah. what we have done this year. <laughs> totally. But but what did strike me actually when I saw a demo of the capillary technology as well, Mayank, was this capability that you've obviously adopted with WhatsApp. And I guess my understanding was that you had only gotten as far as using uh, the WhatsApp capabilities for communication. But now you're telling me that you actually got the ordering capability as well. So I think that's extraordinary. And I've said it so many times on the show, like I really believe messaging platforms are have a really important role to play in the future of loyalty programs. You know, so whether it's transactional or relationship building, whatever the objective might be, like, I think it's amazing that you found a partner that can deliver that for you, because I think you told me you were having to do it manually in the beginning before the automation was built. Yeah, so, so my my clear focus was that I have to ensure that we adopt to that stuff faster than anyone else do. Yeah. And that's where if the, there's a time lag which is required for an implementation to happen, I will mm. not sit and wait for it and I have to start doing it manually. So that's where uh, we ensure that even if, uh, if if it's decided it's the WhatsApp, the channel which is giving a better return, yeah. then uh, then if even if there is a hard work that needs to be do, done, which is through manual intervention, it has to be done. And <laughs> that's where we kept doing it. It also increases the pressure yeah. onto the partners and the team that yeah. how soon can we make it automated so that the effort that is going in reduces. Yes. <laughs> Everybody's relieved, you know, put all the pressure on the IT partners, huh? make them make them get the solution. My goodness. Well, I suppose just again, a huge congratulations, Mayank, in terms of, first of all, the International Loyalty Award, because, you know, that's all about analytics and use of data, which I think is perhaps the most hotly contested category. And I've been a judge for those loyalty awards myself. And I looked at the shortlist that you were up against. I think there was nine other global brands. So for Dominic, Indonesia to come out as the award winner was a huge success. And as you said, there's been uh, several awards just this week already. So even more, I suppose, expectations, I'm guessing, in terms of the, the future for Domino's in Indonesia. So very exciting for us to have you on the show. And I think that's actually all of the questions I had for today, Mayank. Um, is there anything else that you think we need to talk about before we wrap up? I would just uh, want to say to all the marketers out there, uh, I believe in one uh, strategy, which is uh, which I want to disclose right now, which is uh, eat rice and watch MI2. <laughs> That's <laughs> something which I have made by my own. So <laughs> when okay. it comes to to to, in, to engage your customers. Uh, and that's there is another jargon that I use most is uh, is is being it's calling it as less. So anything which you do for your customer is will always be less. And and why it is less because you have it has a different full form, mm -hmm. so it has to be live and real time. Whatever you are doing, yeah, it has to be engaging. 
mm-hmm. uh, and and which is efficiency has to be in place. Mm-hmm. The uh, the other S I I denote it to be it should be a super easy yes. in terms of the use Always. case. Yeah. And, and and simple and mm-hmm. the last s is that it is driving a successful roi so so live engaging efficient super easy yeah. successful roi is what is your customer for you uh, mm-hmm. in terms of when you are trying to engage with them yeah. and when i say the rice the rice is same which is you are the first r stands for retention the uh-huh. second i stands for increasing the ticket size okay the s the c is for ensuring a better conversion yeah. and the last e is your engagement and when i say mi2 it is measure then improvise and innovate between all four pillars which i have defined which is retention increase ticket size improve conversion and the last e is engagement you mm-hmm. have to measure improvise and innovate that is what the key is a key message from me to all the marketers who would be listening to me at this point of time got it and i'm exhausted listening to you <laughs> that's incredible yeah and very well thought through as well my anchor i love the the clarity of focus because again i think loyalty professionals sometimes we don't get the level of respect that we deserve and i know that domino's indonesia um has really you know started to get that respect uh, largely as a result of some of the the work that you've been doing with your team there so Again, just want to say a huge congratulations on everything you've achieved so far uh, to your partners in Capital Reef for doing such an amazing job supporting you with all that machine learning and and, and integrations that you've needed and the segmentation. It's, it's absolutely extraordinary. And also the final point, I remember both times that I've met you and I ask how, how you're doing, you have a wonderful phrase of saying you're always good. So maybe just as a, a closing comment, tell us a bit about why you say that. It's all about positivity. I always want to be positive in my life. So <laughs> I believe there is nothing bad can happen unless I start believing it's bad. Yeah. So I have to first myself make self believe that everything is good. So yeah. whenever someone asks me, I say, I always great. That's yeah. what I respond. And yeah. in fact, in Indonesia, when someone is asking me, I say, Selalubai, <laughs> which means same in the Bahasa. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I will tell you, my aunt, that my nickname in Ireland is Positive Paula. So we share the same mindset. <laughs> Great. So it's Paula and my aunt both sell Totally, totally. I'll have to learn it in Indonesian. Listen, it's been an absolute joy, my aunt, to, to talk with you today. I really hope that you will stay in contact with us and come back on the show again, hopefully next year. Uh, I'm sure there'll be lots more awards. I might even get to see you in London. Please, God, if you get to the International Loyalty Awards. So with all of that said, Mayank Singh, uh, Chief Digital Officer at Domino's Pizza in Indonesia. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thanks, Paula. And I hope the I want to say thank you to all the listeners who has been listening to me patiently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and thanks. I look forward to speak to you again in future. And definitely I'll be coming back. Thank you. This show is brought to you by the Australian Loyalty Association, the leading organization for loyalty professionals in Asia Pacific. Visit their news and content hub for the latest loyalty insights from around the world. Or why not submit your own article for publication? For more information on their loyalty services and networking opportunities, 
visit australianloyaltyassociation.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.